Hello, welcome to Living Hope. My name is Rich, I'm the pastor here, and we have a greeting that we like to begin our services with. The Lord be with you. See, the idea here is that uh, a worship service is something that you actually engage with and participate in. All right, this has got to be more than just the video that you watch, um, because God is the one who's invited us to come and meet with him today. And, and uh, if you will engage with this, you have a chance of actually having a spiritual encounter today. Uh, we believe that that's true. Uh, we believe that the Lord is with us when we worship him, uh, even if we're just gathered virtually like we are today. Uh, so to get us started today, uh, Pastor Katie is going to lead us in a responsive call to worship, and then Joe and Crystal are going to lead us in song. Join with me in this call to worship from Psalm 1. King of all the earth, creator of the universe, Holy triune God, from everlasting to everlasting, you are Lord. Your law brings life, O Lord, and we meditate on it day and night. Happy are we when we walk in your ways, O Lord. You are a rich stream of living waters, and we would immerse ourselves in you. Happy are we when we walk in your ways, O Lord. You bring forth fruit in due season and establish the work of our hands. Happy are we when we walk in your ways, O Lord. Who is like our God, the one whose ways are full of life? Happy are we when we walk in your ways, O Lord. This is our God, the Holy One. Come before him with thanksgiving and offer him the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Hey guys, it's Joy and Crystal. Welcome to our living room. Um, I hope you guys are doing well whenever you are, wherever you are, because um, that's the point of quarantine, is that everyone can stay healthy and somewhat sane around those that they love. Um, if you would join us this morning in worship, we're going to start with Matt Redmond's You Never Let Go.
we are in the presence of God. Stripped of pride and a false sense of our own importance, God has called us to be still and quiet, to sense the comfort of his spirit and the satisfaction of his presence. Let us put our hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Amen. gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. How could I repay the Lord for all of his goodness to me? I will sacrifice a thank you offering to him. I will praise him, O Lord, our God, with all of my heart. I will glorify his name forever. I don't know about you, but this next song reminded me of my grandmother, which is one of her favorite songs. I've been going through stuff around the house, We've been cleaning, we've been reminiscing, trying to fill some of the time with things that brought us comfort over the years. And this song is one of those songs that always reminded me of our grandma. I come to the garden alone. 
bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Uh, God, we are grateful for these songs, uh, some newer, some older, uh, that remind us that not only do you want to engage with us right here and right now, right where we live, but we're also connected to this, this long history of people who have walked with you, who have trusted you, and have found you to be faithful. Thank you for never letting go of us, God, especially when we go through difficult, trying times. When we start to feel afraid, you remind us of your presence with us and your love for us, your unfailing love. It's amazing to us, God, that with all the other things you have to deal with, things that are way beyond our control or ability to influence, you know, while you're directing world affairs, you're also paying attention to each one of us right now. I mean, you know the details of our lives, every hurt, every anxiety, every success, every failure. You know all about us, God. We don't have to pretend with you. So we won't try. I will just be honest with you right now about what we bring with us into this moment. Our scattered thoughts, our frazzled nerves, our disappointment, our anger, our confusion. God, we bring it all to you. Because you are the God who rules and reigns over all things. You are the God who made us and loves us and invites us into this encounter with you, this relationship with you, where we can receive from you forgiveness, peace, courage, strength, wisdom, comfort, joy, and so much more. You are so good to us, God. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, to meet with you today. We offer you this prayer in Jesus' name because it's in him that you have shown us your love. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. <laughs> I couldn't quite hear you there, but uh, all right. Um, Normally, at this point, we would take a moment to walk around the room and to exchange the peace of Christ and to greet each other. If you're, um, if you're watching and participating today with other people, why don't you go ahead and turn to them and say, you know, peace of Christ to you. Happy Sunday. Something like that. If you're, uh, if you're engaged online right now, hop into the chat. All right? Offer the peace of Christ to some of the people that you are in the service with right now. All right. Good. <laughs> All right, before we uh, dive into the message, I have just some very brief announcements. I'm going to try to put these on the screen. Uh, we'll see if this works. Uh, first off, hopefully some of you if, you, if you actually want to see me and see the other people that you're worshiping with, um, on Sunday mornings, we're doing a little Zoom lobby in between the services from 10 to 10.30. Uh, the link is on our website, or it'll be in the comments or the notes here. Um, we're also meeting Wednesday nights for our Bible study, and there are other groups during the week. Uh, the youth group is meeting. Kids are meeting Sunday morning between the services, uh, and there are other groups that are meeting in different ways. If you want to connect with some folks, uh, reach out to us or pop into the lobby today or stop by the Bible study Wednesday night. Uh, the links are all up on the website. Uh, if you need help or if you want to help, please reach out to us. Uh, call us, send us, send us an email, or you can just text me uh, directly. My number should be there on the screen. 
uh, we're able to offer uh, help because you are giving generously. Thank you to those of you who continue to give during this time. Uh, we know that for some of you, your financial situation has changed pretty dramatically. And so, of course, well, we understand that. And we, uh, if you are in need, we hope to be able to help you. Um, but um, thank you to all of you who have discovered how to give online or who have been mailing checks in or, or dropping things off in the mailbox. Uh, your continued faithfulness in giving is making ministry possible. And uh, oh, and one last thing: the Global Six K today, uh, April nineteenth. If you're if you're with us right now, um, is the last day uh, to get ten dollars off of your registration for the Global Six K. Uh, that's happening May sixteenth. Uh, but really, you can walk it any time. Uh, it's gone virtual this year. So there are details at valpo6k.com, and I think we're going to probably put a promo video at the end of today's service as well. All right. So for today's message. Uh, we're going to try to answer this question, where do we get the strength to live in times like this? Where do we get the, the courage, the energy, the hope, the life that we need to keep pressing forward when times are hard? And, and for some of you especially, times are hard right now. I mean, some of you, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, these are extremely difficult times. Some of you I know from talking, just, talking with you just this past week, some of you feel like a tree that's been uprooted and flipped over on the ground. Uh, you just feel disconnected. And uh, we're going to come back to that image in just a little bit. The answer to this question uh, of where we get the, our strength, where we get our life, uh, is actually found all the way back at the very beginning of our Bibles, the, the opening pages of the book of Genesis, this book of beginnings. Uh, that's where we discover how God designed us to operate and what the source of our life and strength is supposed to be. Uh, now the plan, hopefully, is to spend the next uh, two or three Sundays um, uh, in the opening chapters of Genesis, chapters 1, 2, and 3. Uh, so if you would like to read those on your own this week, you'll be better prepared for next week's uh, message and the week after that. So, uh, but today, uh, we're going to dive right in because these stories tell us who we are and how to live as God's people in a, frankly, in a messed up world. All right? So I'm going to go, it, you, you might remember how the story starts. Uh, where God creates the heavens and the earth and he speaks them into existence. Genesis chapter 1 is this beautiful, it's almost like a poem. It uses a week as a pattern. And, and, uh, and for six days, God does the work of creating the universe. And on the seventh day, he rests. He sets an example for all of us to, to have days of work and a day of rest. And in the first three days, he's, he's uh, creating light and separating it from darkness. He's creating... Uh, He's separating the waters above from the waters below. He's separating the, uh, the, the seas and the land uh, and then causing vegetation to sprout. And then on days four, five, and six, he fills up all the spaces he's just created in the first three days. Uh, he creates sun, moon, stars to, to fill the, the sky, the light, and the dark. He, he creates uh, fish and birds uh, to fill the skies and the seas. And then, and then he creates all the, the animals that, that walk on the ground on day six. And then at the culmination of this week of creation. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We have human beings men and women, created as the uh, culmination of God's creative work with a unique role to play in God's creation. Now, we're going to get into that mission that he gives us uh, 
next week, I believe. Uh, but today, I want us to keep going with the story. Um, God, God blesses them. He, um, he gives them their mission. And then in verse 29, it, it says, God says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they'll be yours for food. And, uh, and he picks that up again in chapter 2. But chapter 1 ends with uh, him completing his work. And in verse 31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God is the creator. Uh, we're not going to get into debates about how he created or how long it took or any of that kind of stuff, all right? That's not the point here. Uh, the point is that God is the one who has given us life and, uh, and has made everything that is. And in chapter 2, we see that it's a second creation story um, that God's people have, um, have maintained in our scriptures uh, down through the years. It's like they, they came up with one fantastic creation story and then they had another fantastic creation story. Wonderful, I mean, in the sense of, in the sense of wonderful. And uh, in chapter 1, he's mostly just, God is just speaking. In chapter 2, God gets down and gets his hands dirty. All right, um, and in verse seven we see God's creation of human beings. It says then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So you get the idea. It's like God has has taken mud, dust, and has formed it into a, a person, made a little clay human, and then has breathed life into it. And <gasps> here we are. God's breath in our lungs. He is the source of the very breath that we breathe. It says in verse 8, Now the Lord God uh, planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In a couple of weeks, we're going to get into that whole decision that has to be made there. Uh, but the tree of life is the one that we're going to kind of focus on a little bit more today. Uh, if you continue reading in chapter 2, uh, we see that uh, in verse 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to take care of it, and the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. This is the, the command he's giving him is, eat, please, enjoy um, any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So eat from all the trees except that one, which would include, I suppose, the tree of life. We're commanded, please enjoy, eat the, from the tree of life, from all these beautiful trees, um, eat the fruit that they provide, just don't eat from that one tree. You keep reading in chapter 2 and we get the uh, God saying it's not good for the man to be alone and creating woman and, uh, and that whole story. And uh, and then in chapter 3, we get the snake and the temptation, and we fall to temptation, and we do eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, we decide, we, we believe ourselves, we trust ourselves to make these decisions more than we trust God uh, to guide us in these things. And, uh, and we find ourselves broken. Um, instantly, there are consequences. Uh, instantly, our relationship with God is, is broken. Our relationship with each other, the, the man and the woman, uh, all of a sudden they are ashamed uh, to be naked there in the garden together. They're afraid of God when he comes to, to walk with them through the garden. That's like the song that we sang earlier. I mean, God is, is coming to walk with his people. Uh, and instead of being eager to meet with the God who loves us and the God who made us, instead we're off hiding in the woods. But God still is merciful. 
He comes to uh, Adam and Eve, and, and even in the midst of just having described to them the painful consequences of their actions, he's holding out hope, and he, he promises that there will come a time where redemption takes place, where rescue from this, from this curse uh, um, is, uh, is enacted. And uh, then, uh, as kind of the chapter 3 wraps up, uh, it says, The Lord God said, this is in verse 22, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. So in these opening chapters, uh, we see that God is the source of our life and he has provided for us a, an ongoing source of life uh, in the, the fruit trees and especially in the tree of life. It sounds like uh, from the way that concludes, that um, the, the way we were going to continue to live with God was going to be from eating from the tree of life. And as we continue to come back to God for life, come back to the tree he provided, we would continue to have life and live with him, I don't know, perhaps forever. Uh, but now we are cut off from that because we decided we know better uh, than God does. We have, it's like an appliance that that has unplugged itself from the wall, the source of its power, and has decided I'm plugged into myself. I mean, that wouldn't the vacuum cleaner wouldn't work very well, right? If if the cord isn't plugged into the wall, if it's just plugged into itself, that's not how it's designed to work. That doesn't make any sense. But that's what we have tried to do, and we no longer uh, had access to this tree of life, God's ongoing provision for us. But that was how we're created to live. And God continues to be good, as I said. And as the story continues, God continues to be gracious. And, and God is good. And God continues to provide. And he provides for his people. We have the whole story of Abraham and the calling of this particular people. And, and God rescuing his descendants from slavery in Egypt and bringing them out to this good land that God provides for them. And, and him providing direction and instruction for them on how to live uh, life with him. God, God opens up the possibility of life with him once again. And once again, we fail and we trust in ourselves instead of trusting in God and we uh, we mess it up time and time again. It's a pattern that we find ourselves following right down to this day, unfortunately. But the, the poets and the prophets um, among God's people, they picked up this idea of God being our source of life and even the tree imagery, but they, they look at it from a different angle. And this is the image that I've been kind of sitting with most of this past week. And um, meditating on, I guess uh, you could say, and I'm hoping that you will reflect on it as well. Uh, it's found in, in Psalm chapter 1, uh, in the very first psalm of the book of 150 psalms, right there in Psalm 1 is this image. Uh, it's found in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 17, um, as God is speaking through the prophet to a people who were exiled, people who were far from their land, much like Adam and Eve were exiled from Eden. Um, let's see, let's start with the one from, from Psalm, Psalm 1. Uh, it starts out saying, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love that image. And I gotta say, that's an image I would like to... I would like to be that tree. <laughs> I would like for that image to describe my life. 
that I am like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither. Whatever I do prospers. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good image. Now, it's contrasted with those who, uh, who disobey God, who, who mock him, who are wicked, who are sinners. Uh, the very next verse says, Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away, just dried up husks. If we try to do this thing on our own, that's how we end up. If we decide we know better than God does, what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil, and we don't let God guide our steps, if we don't pay attention to what God has told us, the instructions he's given us in his word, um, then we find ourselves dried up and, and devoid of life and strength. Uh, but instead, God is one of the avenues God has provided is his word. That's what we read here in Psalm 1. Um, we can delight in it. We can meditate on it, reflect on it. And so here, I'm giving us an image today. Scripture is giving us an image. I'm holding it out to us uh, as one that we might meditate on this week. What would it look like for me to be a tree planted by streams of water? What would it look like for me to delight in, in God's word, to meditate on it, to live a life where I'm right by the stream so that as, as life is difficult, man, the roots are right there in the stream. I've got all the water I need, all the life that I need right there. I like what, uh, what Jeremiah does with this image when he picks it up in Jeremiah chapter 17. Uh, uh, he starts, he's, he's drawing a contrast as well. Uh, I guess I'll back up to verse 5. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They'll not see prosperity when it comes. They'll dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I think these images are resonating with me because it feels like we're in a season of drought, a season of dryness, because we're all cut off from our normal activities, cut off from the people we love, cut off from gathering together as a church, uh, encouraging each other and supporting each other in the ways we normally would. And so this can feel, uh, well, it's definitely a time of stress, a time of anxiety, and, uh, and so it can feel like a time of drought, a time of exile. And so I love this image that seems to say that, you know what, even when the drought comes, even when the heat comes. This tree is not afraid. This tree is, is rooted well, right there by the river. The roots are growing down, drawing, drawing life from that river, um, just like we can draw life continually, day by day, from the God who made us, the God who loves us. Instead of just trusting in ourselves, again, he con does that contrast, if we trust in ourselves, oof, it's like living in a desert. There's no life there. But if we trust in God, if our confidence is in him, if he's the one we're looking to, to provide life and strength and hope and answers, wisdom, all the rest, if he's the one we're trusting, we're going to let him guide us. Well, within, we're, the leaves are always green. We're always bearing fruit. Life can be good and beautiful, even in the midst of drought, even when the heat comes. There's one other... Uh, image I want to grab real quick, and this actually comes from Jesus. Um, he doesn't talk about a tree by a river, 
but he does pick up the same, a similar idea. In John chapter 15, uh, he's using the image of a vine and branches to talk about himself and us. In verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, if we remain connected, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. <laughs> if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, he says, this is, this is a beautiful thing. And he goes on to talk about answered prayers and, and life with him. Verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. A couple of verses later, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He's talking about the, the beauty of human relationships and the love that we can have for each other, the love we can demonstrate for each other. Not just like the mushy, romantic kind of love, but the love that says, ah, I see you as my fellow human being. You are in need. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to love you like Jesus loved me. So we have these three different passages that all have a similar kind of an image of a, of a tree planted by the waters and drawing life from the waters. We have this image that Jesus gives us of a branch staying connected to the vine. And so the, the vine is then taking the life from God and, and Jesus is the, the conduit for us to have the life of God in our life. He is the vine connected to the ground. We are the branches connected to the vine. And uh, they all kind of talk about different sources, I guess. Jeremiah talks about trust and trusting in the Lord. Um, the Psalms talk about delighting in God's word and meditating on what God has said, listening for God's voice, speaking through the scriptures. Jesus talks about um, the lived out love that we have for each other, uh, the, receiving the love that he has uh, loved us with and, and extending that love to others. I wonder um, what it is for you what it might be for you that you need um, to explore these days. To, to stay rooted, to stay connected. Um, maybe there's a trust issue in your life, a, a way that you need to be trusting God and God is inviting you to trust him and you haven't been. You've been trusting in your own wisdom, or your own strength, and, and God is just waiting for you to turn to him. Uh, maybe you've kind of ignored God's word or you've just been, you've not been listening for what God might be saying through the scriptures. Maybe you've been, hmm, maybe in this time of avoiding other people, um, you've lost track of, of how to love the people around you. Um, you know, why don't we take just a moment? Uh, if you're watching this with someone else, if you're sitting on the couch next to somebody uh, or you're, um, you're gathered with somebody there, uh, why don't you take just a moment and maybe you reflect a little bit and turn to them and say, you know what, here's, here's how I think I stay connected to God. How, how do you stay connected to God during this time of social distancing, during this time of, of uh, this pandemic? Uh, what is it that helps you to stay connected to God? Is there some practice of staying connected to his word? Is there some way that uh, through relationship, through love, that you, you find yourself feeling connected to God? Is it, is it more an inner sense of trust? I'm, I'm confident that for different ones of us, it's different things. Now, you may be watching this alone right now. You might not have anyone to turn to. If you're watching this on Sunday morning, then there's a chat room or there are comments uh, you can jump into and talk with others and say, you know what, this is what really helps me feel connected to God in these times. Um, 
Again, maybe it's a, a habit of Bible reading every morning. Um, for some of you, I'm, I'm confident it's music. Uh, I know you listen to music that, uh, that lifts God up, that, that worships God, uh, that contains the, that puts the scriptures in, uh, in modern words and in modern music. I know for some of you it's that. For some of you, it might be getting out into nature. Uh, for, it could be any number of things. Share with us, how is it that you are staying connected to God these days and not allowing the stresses and the difficulties of life to cut you off uh, or to keep you disconnected? Take just a moment. Thank you for engaging with this. Uh, it's my hope that this image, that one of these images, uh, whether it's the tree of life uh, from Genesis or God breathing his breath into our lungs, whether it's the, the tree planted by the river or the vine and the branches, whichever image of our connection with God and remaining connected to him, whichever image uh, resonates most with you, I hope you'll sit with it. I hope you'll uh, meditate on it. Uh, the rest of the day, the, the rest of this week, maybe you need to draw a little picture. Uh, maybe you need to, to write it down or print it out. Uh, maybe you need to do something to, to have this in front of you uh, during this week um, that can help you to reflect, okay, God, I want to stay connected to you. How can I do that? God, what do I need to do to, to remain connected to you, to remain in your love, to delight in your word, to demonstrate trust in you? God, what can I do so that I can be connected to you and draw life and strength and hope from you, God. Because that's what God has promised us. That's what God has provided for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the reason that we're here. Uh, he's the reason that we're worshiping him today. Is because God, out of love for us, sent his son Jesus for us uh, to point us toward our source of life and to open that door for us, to make that possible, to connect us with our Heavenly Father. We were so far gone that we couldn't get, a, couldn't get back to him. It took God bridging that distance and coming to us in Jesus Christ uh, so that we could be connected with the God who loves us, so that we could find our sins forgiven. Uh, we just celebrated that this past weekend with Easter Sunday, uh, Jesus' victory over sin and death and the devil for you and for me, so that we could experience that life, so that the life of God could be alive in us. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God, uh, for the poets, the prophets, the writers of Scripture who have taken these images, uh, these various images of, of our staying connected with you and have placed them before us today. God, I'm, I'm pretty sure that for, for one of us, for each of us, one of these images is, is landing with us, is connecting with us. God, I pray that you would help us to, to reflect on that, to allow that image uh, to stick with us this week so that you might speak through the scriptures, so that you might speak to us by your Holy Spirit and let us know that the invitation is open, that, that we can draw life and strength and hope and joy and grace from you, that you're providing this for us today. Help us, God, to do whatever it is that we need to do uh, to avail ourselves of what you have provided Help us, God, not to just live out there in the desert, trusting in ourselves, doing things our own way, exiled from the paradise that you have for us. But God, help us to say yes to you, 
to turn to you, to experience the forgiveness that you offer us in Jesus Christ and the grace that you give us. Again, God, we are not pretending today. Uh, we are not pretending to have this all figured out or, or to, um, to be doing it all right. God, we depend on your grace. It is only because of Jesus uh, that we are in this relationship with you at all. So thank you, God, for loving us in him. Thank you for sending your son Jesus as this gift to us to open the door, to, to make possible this amazing relationship, to make possible forgiveness. God, today, we, uh, we admit to you our failures, our sins. Uh, we want to live in uh, you know, this open, honest relationship with you, God. And you have promised that if we'll be honest with you, if we'll confess our sins, that you are faithful. You will forgive our sins. You are this good and gracious and compassionate God that we read about on page after page of the Bible that we see demonstrated in Jesus Christ. And so, God, today we turn to you, trusting in your love, accepting your grace. Would you help us to experience it? to experience the, the freedom that comes from being set free from sin, to experience the, the, the joy that comes from being embraced by our Heavenly Father, the peace that comes from knowing that the God who rules all things has his eye on me and has not forgotten me, but is with me, is for me, is here right now. Thank you, God, for this love. You Again, you have demonstrated it to us in Jesus Christ. So it's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Joe and Crystal are going to lead us in one last song um, before we go. So let's sing. I remember hearing this song for the first time, and it's stopping me in my tracks. It's all the things that have haunted me throughout my life having enough money, wanting to be pretty enough or good looking enough, wanting to feel important, wanting to be well liked. You know, it, it, it stems back to, you know, elementary school, being on the playground and wanting someone to choose you, you know, and, and not wanting to feel like you didn't matter. And in the midst of being cut off from things due to the quarantine, this really illuminated a hole that I'd been trying to fill with other things that really should have been filled with God. My identity, who am I? What the world thinks of me versus what he thinks of me. Where my money comes from, where my, you know, my identity is. And I hope this song helps to remind you, like it reminded me that, you know, God's love is better than life.
You are the well that won't run dry. I have tasted and I have seen, oh, that you are better than all these things. All the money that the world could hold, mountains made of solid gold, Riches that could buy my dreams. You are better than all these things. The prettiest face to turn their eyes. Beauty that could hypnotize. The open doors that looks may bring. You are better than all these things. Cause your love is better than love. You are the well that won't run dry. I have tasted and I have seen, oh, that you are better than all these things. Power that could shake the moon, the most important one in every room. Status match my only kings. You are better than all these You are the well that won't run dry. I have tasted and I have seen that you are better than all these things. Cause your love is better than life. You are the well that won't run dry. I have tasted and I have seen oh that you are better than all these Being liked and loved by everyone Approval that outshines the sun And cheered by all who think of me You are better than all these things Yeah, you are better than all these things Cause your love is better than life you are the well that won't run dry. I have tasted and I have seen Oh, that you are better than all these things. You are better than all these things. Cause your love is better than life. You are the well that never runs dry. I want to leave you with this blessing that comes uh, out of the pages of Scripture. It's a different one uh, than I usually use. Uh, this one comes out of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3. It's a prayer that he's praying for them, and it's my prayer for you. Let's see. This is out of, uh, well, it starts with verse 14. Uh, it says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. 
I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. <laughs> now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.